0: the father and of the son and of the holy spirit the lord be with you we come together on this glorious morning giving thanks to god for the gift of our life our gifts and talents and making a pledge to the lord to use them in his service the lord upholds my life
1: upholds my life the lord upholds my
0: life. Let us pray, O God, who founded all your commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbor, grant that by keeping these precepts, we may attain eternal life. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left from there and began a journey through Galilee. But he did not wish anyone to know about it. He was teaching his disciples and telling them, the Son of Man is to be handed over and they will kill him. And three days after his death, the Son of Man will rise. But they did not understand the saying and they were afraid to question him. They came to Capernaum, and once inside the house, he began to ask them, what were you arguing about along the way? But they remained silent, for they had been discussing among themselves who among them was the greatest. Then he sat down, called the 12, and said to them, if anyone wishes to be first, He shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Taking a child, he placed it in their midst and putting his arms around it, said to them, Whoever receives one child such as this in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Hallelujah,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah, hallelujah. There are a lot of things I like about being a priest, but one of my favorites is baptisms. Being around new parents is exciting, but as many of them tell me, there is so much to learn. Well, that's true of being an uncle as well, and I have a lot of experience with that. When one of my first nephews was born, I discovered I had the power to make a baby giggle, which is a wonderful experience. But being a new uncle, I thought, if I can make him giggle a little, I'll bet I can make him giggle a lot. And I did, which led to a problem because his little sides were shaking what I thought of as merriment and mirth, but actually his little insides were shaking up everything he had ever eaten, apparently since birth, turning him into a little cute baby time bomb, a Mount Vesuvius of Gerber's baby food. I learned two lessons that day. One is never get a baby too excited, and the other is no matter how hard you try, you can't get strained peas out of a denim shirt. There is only one thing more painful than learning from experience, and that is failing to learn from experience. Here are some things that experience has taught me. No matter what people say, nobody really likes being last. We try to fake it, we say, oh, please, go ahead, I don't mind at all, to the person with 25 items in the 10 items or less line. We shout, congratulations, you really deserve it, to our co-worker, even as we mutter under our breath how unfair life is and that some people have all the luck. We smile when somebody else gets the corner office or the promotion or the shiny rhinestone crown. Though sometimes we do it, figuratively speaking, through clenched teeth. After all, in our society, the only thing worse than losing is being a loser with an attitude. As children were told that winning isn't everything, that champions learn from defeat, we hear that it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. But when it's another football season, and your team's defense still hasn't arrived, when you take chances that always seem to fall short, when you become a little too familiar with the view from the back of the line. You may agree in theory that winning isn't everything, but you know some days it certainly seems like something. First place just seems like a lot more fun than being last. Although the apostles in our gospel today were not arguing about their fantasy football team or their corporate office or being at the head of the class, they were arguing about winning and losing the least and the greatest, the first and the last. They wanted to make sure that when Jesus came into his kingdom, there would be a place for them, preferably one with a great view, the corner office on the right. I guess that's not really surprising, though, because for the most part, the apostles were people who knew how it felt to be last. Some of them, like Matthew, were despised for the jobs they had. Tax collectors in those days were about as popular as the COVID virus. And there were others, Simon and Andrew, who were common men, honest laborers with calloused hands. Most of them had never been first at anything. And now, for the first time in their lives, they were part of something greater than themselves. They were disciples of Jesus Christ. So it's no wonder that they argued about who would be first and who was the greatest. And it's also no wonder that Jesus took their argument and turned it upside down. The last shall be first, he said. The first should be the servant of all. Your Savior will be handed over and put to death and rise again. Sometimes, as you read the Gospels, it seems like the apostles never quite got it right. So often they saw the miracle, but they missed the message. They heard the stories, but they missed the point. They struggled with confusion, and their image of God always seemed to be a few sizes too small. But in one thing, they got it absolutely right. They were willing to follow Jesus, even when they weren't sure where he was leading or how things would turn out in the end. Marcel Proust once said that the real voyage of discovery is not seeking new lands, but seeing with new eyes. And this is what our gospel teaches us today. Throughout his life, Jesus challenged his followers to look at life in a different way. A world in which labels like winner and loser, first and last, have no meaning. Every time Jesus ate with a tax collector, Or embraced a leper, or gave hope to a forgotten soul. He showed people that God doesn't care about corner offices or who gets all the toys. Every time he put his arm around a child or healed a sinful soul, he showed them that God's values might just surprise us all. That love may be enough to save the world. That greatness, is found in compassion and serving the needs of others. Winning, it turns out, isn't everything. For much of her life, Mother Teresa and her sisters searched the slums of Calcutta looking for the homeless dying so at least they could die in a bed with clean sheets. She was often challenged about why she did something like this at which she could never hope to succeed, that would never solve the problem of homelessness or poverty, that would never help most poor people, that was, at most, one critic said, like a drop in an endless ocean. And she always gave the same answer. She said, because this is the way of Jesus. And when they challenged her that none of the people she was helping were even Christian, she responded, I care for the Christ in each of them. We look at the world around us, at the poverty and violence and victimization are perhaps no further than the lonely neighbor or the homeless man on the street. And we might think, This is a gospel for somebody else. What could I possibly do? Again and again in the Gospels, Jesus chose the most humble. He chose the sick over the healthy, the weak over the powerful, the poor over the rich. He didn't select the scribes or Pharisees for his apostles. He picked fishermen and tax collectors a skeptic, and a betrayer. When he encountered a woman begging for scraps, he made it an example of how God feeds us from his own table. He performed a miracle where every scrap of loaves and fish were collected and saved. He drew to himself those who were broken and needed healing. From the blind and the lame, to the rejected and the spiritually lost. The Gospels offer a reassuring message for all of us who feel unworthy or fall short. They offer this hope. Jesus found more among those who in the eyes of the world had little or nothing at all, even when that person is us. It would take a miracle to change things, we tell ourselves. And this time we'd be right. Albert Einstein said there are only two ways to live your life. One is as if nothing is a miracle, the other is as if everything is.
1: I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow. Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In him there is no darkness at all, the night and the day. Clear sun of righteousness, shine on my path, and show me the way to the Father. In you there is no darkness at all, the night and the day. Be O God, shine in my heart, Lord
0: Jesus. Enfold us, Almighty God, in the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Transform us that we may reflect his compassion, his mercy, and his care. Hear the prayers that we offer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Graciously raise up, O Lord, those you renew with this sacrament, that we may come to possess your redemption, both in mystery and in the manner of our lives. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Let us go in peace to glorify the Lord with our lives.